Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union labels. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every year's Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show, we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturday, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right. The Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you, reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week. Again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, and believe me, they are in the plenty, as you would always expect. Democrat presidential primary challenger Robert F. Kennedy Jr. skewers Biden over border crisis, while also opposing transgender females rivaling naturally born females in competitive sports. Is he perhaps reminding Democrats of the party they once were? Also, an FBI whistleblower tells House and Senate leaders that both the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation have an FD-1023 document specifically describing then-Vice President Joe Biden accepting foreign money in exchange for policy decisions. What's going to follow in that regard? This is an immense story. Also, Arizona Independent Senator Kirsten Sinema scolds White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre for mindlessly saying that, quote, when it comes to illegal immigration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%, unquote. Uh, Will Jean-Pierre correct her provably imbecilic claim? We can only wonder. Also, Twitter's instant fact check spanks Michigan Democrat Representative Rashida Tlaib for her vacuously inaccurate claim that, quote, the apartheid state of Israel was born out of violence and the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, unquote. And the fact checkers show proof that she is wrong on both counts because it was actually the Palestinians attempt to ethnically cleanse uh, the Jews. That was part and parcel of the history and, of course, their alliance with uh, the Nazis. Um, they go into greater detail about that. We're going to want to try to visit that as soon as I can as well. Also, California's uh, Martin Luther King High School senior, Megan Simpkins, excoriates her school 
while addressing the Riverside Unified School District School Board over transgender males using the women's locker and points out the violence it has allowed and does so in a video that went super viral. you got to wonder, will the woke stay asleep? I'll tell you what, before we get into anything, let's go right to that audio because it's a corker. James, clip one, if you please. There was an incident within our district that occurred recently regarding a transgender woman who really is a biological man having an altercation with a young woman at MLK High School. It was infuriating when I had seen the video on social media, but what was detrimental to this is the fact that this man is and has been using the women's restroom and locker room. Firstly, the question we must address is why are we affirming the mental confusion of this boy and putting the safety of women in jeopardy by allowing mentally confused men to use the women's spaces? Of course, any male who claims he is a woman will accept it. But what about the women? What about the true girls like myself who are female down to our DNA? Why don't we ever get a say in whether or not we are comfortable with this? The truth is we aren't. The majority of us aren't, and yet nothing has been done to protect the safety of these women. I will conclude with this. It all starts with you. You are in charge of the safety of us women and the kids of our parents. So please do something about it. Thank you. I tell you, this has been reverberating uh, uniquely around the country. Um, matter of fact, uh, I remember when Leah Thompson, the you know the first openly transgender NCAA swimmer, she said on uh, Dear Schuler, is uh, a podcast with Brian Schuler that uh, those who support her as a person but don't support her pursuits in sports are using, are quote-unquote, using the guise of feminism to sort of push transphobic beliefs, unquote. Now, Martina Navratilova, I don't know, nine-time Wimbledon champ, whatever. I mean, she's got so many, so many championships under her belt. She slammed Thomas. She really did. She slammed these remarks. And this is an, a liberal advocate for all things progressive, uh, she came out as a lesbian long before um, it was ever comfortable to do so. So this this lady has her hash marks. And Avertal over slammed Thomas's remarks, saying, Newsflash, Leah, it's not fair. We shouldn't have to explain it to you over and over. Also, stop explaining feminism to feminists. And she goes on to write, once somebody has gone through male puberty, there is no way to erase that physical advantage. You cannot simply turn back the clock, uh, for instance, by trying to lower testosterone levels. And a lot of other people have weighed in on this, folks that are normally embracing all things progressive. you got the, the Women's Liberation Front and Women's Declaration International USA. They're all now on the same side as, hell, they're all on the same side as all-American swimmer Riley Gaines, as well as the Republicans, uh, in their objection to Biden threatening to veto that GOP bill that would ban trans females from going against naturally born females in competitive sports. It's called the uh, Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act, I think. you got to wonder how we see this Democrat against Republican, yet still Democrat allied with Republican against Democrat, battle royale panning out, because it's happening. It is happening. When was the last time we ever witnessed major feminist groups normally aligned with Democrats, angrily opposing their own party on any issue. I, I don't recall. Now, given that this is perhaps the most politically tectonic displacement to occur between rival factions within the Democrat Party, you have to wonder how might it play out as an issue during the 2024 election. I want to hear um, this person one more time. I want to hear this clip. Again, this is California high school senior Mega Simpson uh, letting her local school board have it over what she has come to understand is a very dangerous policy 
allowing trans females to frequent um, female lockers, uh, as well as having the role in sports that we've been witnessing. Clip one again, James, if you please. There was an incident within our district that occurred recently regarding a transgender woman who really is a bio biological man having an altercation with a young woman at MLK High School. It was infuriating when I had seen the video on social media, but what was detrimental to this is the fact that this man is and has been using the women's restroom and locker room. Firstly, the question we must address is why are we affirming the mental confusion of this boy and putting the safety of women in jeopardy by allowing mentally confused men to use the women's spaces? Of course, any male who claims he is a woman will accept it. But what about the women? What about the true girls like myself who are female down to our DNA? Why don't we ever get a say in whether or not we are comfortable with this? The truth is we aren't. The majority of us aren't, and yet nothing has been done to protect the safety of these women. I will conclude with this. It all starts with you. You are in charge of the safety of us women and the kids of our parents. So, so please do something about it. Thank you. This thing went beyond viral, it should be pointed out. And by the way, also RFK Jr. is also opposing biological males competing um, in women's sports. Now, where is this thing really heading? Where's this thing really heading? Because folks are scratching their heads on this. I mean, think about it. Nobody with an IQ above rainwater can deny the scientifically provable physiological advantages that trans females have over naturally born females, as well, really, as the physiological advantages that naturally born males have over trans males. I mean... We can universally celebrate the entire trans community as the equals they are, okay? We can do that. We can do that. We can universally celebrate them as the equals they are without denying hard science. Just because that science perhaps doesn't fit a preferred woke narrative camouflaged as a superior morality. I mean, can we do that, please? I think we should be able to. And RFK seems to be on to something as well. RFK Jr., he's on to something like this. Because he agrees with Navratilova. And he agrees with this high school student. And we were able to mention her name because she is 18 years of age. Anyway, more on this upon a return. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. This message is provided by Beringer Ingelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are 
are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global Fibronir Program. To learn more about Fibronir and eligibility requirements, visit fibronir-ipf.longboat.com and fibronir-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM SkillsBuild continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans' organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Over here is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach, absolutely delighted you could be with us. Um, just so much to get into, and uh, as usual, never enough time to pull it off, but we're trying nonetheless. Um, covering a number of things here today. 
Uh, Democrat presidential primary challenger Robert F. Kennedy Jr. skewers Biden over the border crisis while also opposing transgender females rivaling naturally born females in competitive sports. Is he perhaps reminding Democrats of the party they once were? Also, and this is perhaps the biggest story going on right now, FBI whistleblower is telling uh, House and Senate leaders that both the Department of Justice and the FBI have an FD-1023 document specifically describing then-Vice President Joe Biden accepting foreign money in exchange for policy decisions. What's going to follow in that regard? Uh, on, on deck, we're going to be having one Curtis Halk with us, a managing editor of Newsbusters. He previously served at uh, the Media Research Center's uh, News Analysis Division. Hell, at the time, he was the sole evening news analyst. Um, he, of course, is often seen now on Newsmax and, of course, here on this show plenty of times. Uh, by the way, Arizona Independent Senator uh, Kirsten Cinema scolds White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre for mindlessly saying that, quote, when it comes to illegal immigration, You've seen it come down by more than 90%. Will this lady ever correct her provably imbecilic claim? You, you, you have to wonder that. As a matter of fact, I do believe that we have that clip um, of Karine Jean-Pierre, as well as a number of other uh, folks which uh, kind of tie into what we're talking about today. As a matter of fact, yeah, we got a clip here from um, Fox News' special report with Brett Baer. Um, you're going to hear a clip played of Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas on April 19th saying, nonsensically enough that the border is secure. And then you're going to hear a clip of White House Press Secretary Jean, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre on May 2nd, just a few days ago, um, pretty much asserting uh, something equally imbecilic, like that we've seen a 90% drop in legal immigration. Um, and that, uh, you know, they also think they should blame Congress for it because um, Biden has been wanting a particular piece of legislation to be passed. Of course, that screams the question, since when has the enforcement of existing law ever been contingent upon the passage of new? The president already has more than enough tools uh, that he needs to secure the border. So falsely saying that he needs even more um, is, is nonsensical to the core, provably um, a functionally illiterate argument. Clip two, James, if you please. It is my testimony that the border is secure. When it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent, and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. But we know that more action needs to be taken, so it has to be legislative action. We're going to continue to call Congress uh, to do that. So obviously the border is not secure. Anyone with eyes can see that. And anyone who lives in a border state like I do actually takes offense at comments like that because they're just factually not true. The reality is, is that border communities in my state are suffering already, and that's before the end of Title 42. Just last week, I held a hearing in our border subcommittee and brought a Republican mayor and a Democratic mayor, both representing small border towns from Arizona, and we just asked them, what is it like every day in your town? There are high-speed chases going on through the city of Sierra Vista right now with young teens driving cars and sometimes being killed or causing the death of others, transporting drugs and other migrants through these communities. It is not secure. It is not safe. So the idea of Jean-Pierre, Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, insisting a few days ago that President Biden's administration has reduced illegal immigration by 90% is just nonsensical at the core. So you have to wonder, is she intellectually bereft or sociopathic? I don't believe she's intellectually bereft. I think she can often sound like a dumbass, but I don't believe she's intellectually bereft. She just sounds like an idiot quite often. But what I really believe she is, is sociopathic. She's essentially doing the equivalent of pointing to a truck and calling it a watermelon. 
Okay? <laughs> this is bizarre, pouring to a leaky pipe and calling it a water fountain. In other words, how dare you believe your own lying, lying eyes? You better just accept what I say is true. And, of course, what I said must be true because I just said it. <laughs> and now, of course, you hear Senator Kirsten Sinema, uh, independent out of Arizona, saying that it's insulting to say the border is secure. And then, of course, you heard her describing the conditions uh, in the border town of uh, Sierra Vista. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing. Oh, friend of the show, again, Curtis Houck. As I mentioned earlier, he's a managing editor of, ed- editor of Newsbusters, previously served in um, the Media Research Center News Analysis Division. Uh, Curtis, great to have you back, buddy. How are you today? Hey, hey, Alan. How are you? Hanging in, hanging in. You know, it's just so busy these days with news, anybody could literally blindfold themselves, throw a dart, and they're going to hit something relevant. Um, I want to get right to this uh, other point, though, because it's, it's, in, it's incredibly serious, and it has to do with uh, this whistleblower on Biden, apparently House Oversight Chairman James Comer. We've had him on the show before, as well as Senate uh, Budget Committee ranking Republican member Chuck Grassley. We've also had him up quite a while ago. Anyway, these two are demanding answers uh, from the DOJ and FBI, and it's regarding a whistleblower's charge that there's a document reporting that Biden accepted money in exchange for policy maneuvers while he was vice president. As a matter of fact, the Washington Examiner has a headline. I think it was a story written by Quinn Hillier, uh, somebody we also had here on the show. They got a headline saying, whistleblowers' claims against Biden could be biggest U.S. scandal ever. i got to ask you, buddy, is that headline an, overest- an overstatement or just about right? No, I think it's about right. I mean, of course, not surprisingly, this isn't getting any play anywhere on the major broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, NBC. Uh, I'm not sure really. Sh- I don't believe MSNBC, uh, CNN. Uh, it's getting play on Fox News, News Nation, um, Newsmax, conservative media. You know, News Nation is kind of more, trying to be more of a regular news outlet, uh, sensible news outlet. So they've been covering it all over the place as well. Um, but again, you're not really seeing it. And it's kind of a big deal, and you can't just say, oh, where's the evidence? Well, it's because they're announcing it, and they're trying to find out more. They're trying to solicit more information about it. Um, but instead, you know, we're stuck on the royal coronation that's coming on Saturday. Yeah, really, really. Uh, actually, uh, while you were chatting, I had a chance to check on uh, some of the other outlets. CNN does have something at a headline. Top Republicans demand FBI yes. documents they claim CNN. describes, com. quote, alleged criminal scheme related to Biden. Uh, two top congressional Republicans are demanding internal FBI documents that an unnamed whistleblower claims will show then-Vice President Joe Biden was involved in a criminal scheme with a foreign national, according to a letter from the Republicans. The unverified allegation is the most explosive claim. House Oversight Chairman James Comer and Senate Budget Committee ranking Republican member Chuck Grassley have lobbied at the now president after both men have devoted significant time to investigating the Biden family's business dealings. Um, you know, it, 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 this is a, it, what I tell you what I do find strange is that apparently it's unclassified. Mm-hmm. Now that, so just, that's what I find, that's what I find to be very intriguing. You would, you would think, um, uh, that something so serious would not be unclassified because then it really takes away from the DOJ and the FBI any justification for keeping it from Congress's oversight grasp. So I don't see them having any now. There's nothing on which they can predicate a justification to slow walk this sucker. They can't say, well, the interest of national security, blah, blah, blah. It's unclassified. They're going to have to fork over mm-hmm. this puppy. Where am I mistaken? No, I think you're right. I mean, in the Tony Bob Alinsky stuff, uh, things that don't involve the government, 
you can just put these things out there. CNN tried to ask Adam Schiff about it so that you could see this morning, so you could see how serious they were taking all of this. <laughs> Adam Schiff. That's Please respond to this. Okay. <laughs> God. He, he's the chairman of the board of sociopaths. Anyway, Curtis Hack, always great to chat with you. Thanks again, folks. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants. Sponsored by Coca-Cola. Steven. Who said that? Me. Down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Climb puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. 
At FindSomethingNew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. I want to go off the beaten path a little bit uh, for our next guest, uh, who is Salih Hudayar, um, founder of the East Turkestan National Awakening Movement, also prime minister for the East Turkestan government in exile, here to chat with us about um, how the FBI recently busted a uh, Chinese police station uh, turns out our guest was a victim of harassment by those very same police. you got to wonder how this was ever permitted to happen in the United States. Uh, Salih, good to have you back on the show. How are you today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I, you know, I, I was reading um, not long ago in a uh, Daily Caller piece uh, about a story having to do with this uh, Democrat representative who frequently met with uh, an alleged Chinese police station director who was arrested by the FBI, um, was written by Philip uh, Lensky, um, or Lesinski, I apologize. The uh, story starts, New York Democrat Rep. Grace Meng frequently met with and attended events with an alleged Chinese Communist Party CCP operative who was recently arrested by the FBI, according to uh, photos and news reports reviewed by the Daily uh, Kohler News Foundation. Since 2016, Meg has attended multiple New York City events held by Chinese-American organizations to which Liu Zhenwang, uh, the suspected CCP operative, has belonged, according to photos and reports from multiple Chinese-language news sites. On April 17th, the FBI arrested Liu Zhenwang, uh, uh, the former chairman of the nonprofit American Shangle Association, for allegedly, quote-unquote, opening and operating an illegal overseas police station within the nonprofit's Manhattan headquarters. Um, they asked you for a comment on this. Um, and you gave me your perspective. Why don't you share with us the kind of harassment to which you were subjected by one of these Chinese police stations? Well, I, I wasn't per se harassed by a Chinese police station, but rather Chinese operatives uh, within the United States. 
Um, and many of them, you know, like they approached me trying to threaten me, threatening my family. Some even tried to, you know, buy me off. The first approach was actually to try to buy me off. Uh, when that clearly didn't work for them, because I'm, I told them very clearly, you know, I'm not for sale. And they often use people, uh, you know, who are within our own community. For example, I'm an Uyghur. So they, you know, approached me through an Uyghur woman. Um, and immediately when she started, you know, making these statements, I was like, there's something wrong. You know, this I, I immediately saw those red flags and I was like, this this is not... This is not an average woman, you know. This is clearly someone sending her to do this. Wow. And then it was later, later uh, after numerous attempts of them trying to, you know, threaten me, scare me, you know, having, you know, sending people with unmarked cars, uh, you know, to monitor me outside my house, shooting uh, at my windows. Shooting at your windows? Yeah. Um. All this to, you know, what intimidate. What happened after the shooting of your windows? Did you, did you report it? Yeah, I reported it to the police, and um, that's that's all. You know, they just told me I needed to put up, you know, security cameras uh, around my house and just be careful, and that, that was all they said. And uh, I don't know uh, if they, I mean, I told them, you know, what type of person I am, and they asked me if I have any enemies, and I said, you know, the only enemy that I have is the, the Chinese government uh, and the Communist Party. Other than that, I don't have, uh, you know, I want to ask you a little bit. Se. I want to ask you a little bit more about this New York Democratic Representative Grace Meng. Um, now, apparently, she met with this guy was arrest, arrested. Um, this operative uh, Liu uh, Jianwang, and um, you. Uh, told the Daily Caller that New York politicians like Maine owe the American public an explanation, especially considering that her district is home to, as you put it, a sizable Chinese community. Um, you also pointed out that the uh, CCP is known to target Chinese Americans by threatening family members still living in China. Um, is this something that something to which you were subjected? I mean, do you have family members in vulnerable areas? Yeah, I have family members who are in East Turkestan. I mean, they tried to uh, stop me, you know, immediately. That was the fact that, you know, they said, well, you know, the Chinese government is very strong. They could harm you or your family if you don't think about your yourself. At least think about your family back home, meaning in East Turkestan. And I said, you know, they could kill my entire family. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing because I'm doing this so I can ensure that my family, my children have the future. Yeah, in other words, you're not willing to, you know, you, you're not willing to give up your freedom in exchange for some momentary peace that they could always take away anyway. Exactly. Um, I mean, now, hold it. Let me ask you something. Um, isn't that the very kind of maneuver that defangs the person trying to leverage you? I mean, when you take that away from them, when you essentially respond to them bravely as you did saying, hey, don't bother using that threat with me because it will not work. You take away from them a weapon, what do they next threaten to do, if anything? Well, I mean, they, they use other means. Uh, that's why, like, they try to, you know, send a bunch of people, um, you know, women to try to seduce me. When that failed, uh, they, you know, tried to send other people to try to infiltrate my organization. And this same individual, you know, uh, she tried to, you know, she came up dressed up very provocatively to my office one night. 
and try to, you know, one evening, uh, well, late afternoon, not evening. And, you know, I told her, you know, get away, stay away from me. I know what you are, you know, I know what type of person you are because of people like you, you know, millions of my people are, you know, are my people are facing uh, genocide in concentration camps. And I would imagine that there are times when people like her are actually only doing what they're doing because perhaps similar leverage has been placed on them. Hey, you go and try to seduce this guy, and if you don't, we'll marginalize your family. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are plenty who willingly do this, and they're true believers, and they're, you know, with great zeal, they're working on behalf of the Chinese government. But I'm, but I'm, I'm, I'm gathering from what you're telling me that there probably are other operatives out there that are oh, only oh, operatives yes, because they have been leveraged as well, or am I seeing too much into this? No, no, you, you're definitely right, most definitely. I mean, with, with the case of this individual, um, this individual, after I told her to go, go away, she filed a fake police report claiming that I threatened her and that I was being racist against Asians and Muslims, even though I'm a Muslim myself. <laughs> you know, and she's an Uyghur, you know, she, she's saying I was being racist against her. She's my, she's my same ethnic group as I am. Um, and then they, Let me ask you, you know, do you think any of these operations come out of um, the Chinese embassy? I think that I think some of them do. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they didn't. I mean, I think some of them do. Um, but I think at the same time, uh, you know, the, the Chinese government is very, um, you know, uh, especially in Western countries, they're 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 aware of the fact that, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, um, uh, there's going to be counter surveillance, uh, being counter intelligence being done. So I think they use, you know, places like these so-called police stations, uh, even restaurants. Traditionally, in the Uyghur experience, they used Uyghur restaurants to collect information, uh, to collect and pass information. So approximately, how many Chinese police stations are illegally operating to to the degree that you're aware? Well, uh, there's over a dozen at least to what, uh, you know, uh, I've read from the news reports. But, I mean, there are other uh, facilities that the Chinese government uses, often like restaurants and other places, um, that I think needs to be looked into. Again, uh, this is just from, like, uh, my own experience within the Uyghur community, uh, in, you know, whether it's here in the United States or in other countries. This is how they normally uh you know, target uh, and, and, you know, collect information and pass on information is through to restaurants. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are other places like that. Has New York Democrat uh, Representative Grace Meng been, um, you know, confronted as you wanted to be? I mean, has, has her folks responded to anybody saying, hey, what are you doing meeting with this operative just taken into custody by the FBI? Well, I mean, she said she wasn't aware, but I think she has much more responsibility and awareness of what, what's going she, she should be more aware than the average American because um, growing up, you know, in, in that uh, district, you know, uh, even with her own, you know, background, I mean, she, you know, should have known that, you know, the Chinese people, um, diaspora members are constantly being harassed and surveilled by Chinese intelligence operatives. Uh, this should be one of the first things. She should have been one of the first people, uh, you know, elected officials to call on Congress, to call on the government to, you know, investigate and address this issue. And, and this, yes, this is we, the country. This is the country of the Second Amendment. Have you heard stories of any groups that are mounting um, counter oppositions to these 
um, Chinese agents? Uh, well, I don't think there's really any counter oppositions yet that have been mounted. I think if many people are still unaware because even our government is still unaware about the scale uh, that the Chinese uh, government and the CCP operatives are operating within the United States. Well, they might want to have a care because in this country, uh, people can collect together uh, in the form of citizen squads with targeted goals and wreak havoc on the CCP operations here in this country in a fashion with which I don't know they're yet completely familiar, but they should be. Stick with us. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first, first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. 
I was driving through a green light when a car in cross traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, every year. is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach, absolutely delighted you could be with us. Well, Democrat presidential primary challenger Robert F. Kennedy Jr. skewers Biden over border crisis while also opposing transgender females rivaling naturally born females in competitive sports. Is he reminding Democrats of the party they once were? Um... Also, uh, this is a big deal. There's an FBI whistleblower telling House and Senate leaders that both the DOJ and FBI have an FD-1023 document specifically describing then-Vice President Joe Biden actually accepting foreign money in exchange for policy decisions. What's going to follow in that regard? Also, Arizona Independent Senator uh, Kirsten Sinema scolds White House Press Secretary Carrie Jean-Pierre for mindlessly saying that, quote-unquote, when it comes to illegal immigration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. <laughs> Is this lady ever going to correct her provably imbecilic claim or what? Also, Twitter's instant fact check spanks Michigan Democrat Representative Rashid Talib for her vacuously inaccurate claim that, quote-unquote, the apartheid state of Israel was born out of violence and the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, unquote. And, and of course, the... Uh, the fact-checkers do show proof that she is wrong on both counts. You have to wonder, will she grow? And also, uh, we have California Martin Luther King High School senior Megan Simpkins excoriating her high school while addressing the Riverside Unified School District School Board over transgender males using the women's locker and points out the violence it has allowed in a video that went super viral. Will the woke uh, stay asleep? I want to share with everybody that particular clip one more time. Let's share that one uh, once again. James, clip one, if you please. 
There was an incident within our district that occurred recently regarding a transgender woman who really is a bio biological man having an altercation with a young woman at MLK High School. It was infuriating when I had seen the video on social media, but what was detrimental to this is the fact that this man is and has been using the women's restroom and locker room. Firstly, the question we must address is why are we affirming the mental confusion of this boy and putting the safety of women in jeopardy by allowing mentally confused men to use the women's spaces? Of course, any male who claims he is a woman will accept it. But what about the women? What about the true girls like myself who are female down to our DNA? Why don't we ever get a say in whether or not we are comfortable with this? The truth is we aren't. The majority of us aren't, and yet nothing has been done to protect the safety of these women. I will conclude with this. It all starts with you. You are in charge of the safety of us women and the kids of our parents. So, so please do something about it. Thank you. I'll tell you, man, this, uh, this lady, and again, we were able to mention her name because she is indeed 18 years of age. Her name is Megan Simpkins. And she's talking about how a guy claiming to be a trans woman had a fight with a woman in the restroom or rather in the locker. And that this uh, trans woman was frequently allowed in the women's restroom at a school in her district. This is despite a history of committing such attacks on women. We, of course, had something similar like that happen um, in Loudoun County, Virginia, um, as well. Um, after uh, this trans female attacked a young high school student in the restroom, um, she got off and was allowed to go do it again at another school, and only then was this person stopped. Of course, when the father of the first victim brought it up at a school board meeting, he was hauled away by cops for having the unmitigated goal, audacity, and lack of fortitude to dissent against the school board's woke hierarchy. Well, it seems that when it comes to mindlessness, uh, example, well, when it comes to the mindlessness of certain activities, as we've just pointed out, uh, the left are starting to experience a pushback. Everything from this to, of course, the defund the police movement. You have a number of cities now that are, are suffering the consequences of those positions. Seattle comes to mind. Portland, Oregon comes to mind. Um, Washington, D.C. also comes to mind. As a matter of fact, they've just lost um, their top cop. And uh, to that end, uh, we're going to go ahead and introduce old friend of the show, Michael Letts, CEO and founder of Invest USA. This is a national grassroots nonprofit organization. They provide police with bulletproof vests when uh, cities are unable to do it themselves. Uh, Michael, good to have you back. How are you today? Always a privilege, Alan. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show. I appreciate your making sure your listeners hear the truth. Well, thank you for that. We appreciate it. Um, you know, talking about um, the police and, and, and top personnel they're losing because of it, I mean, you have mul a multitude of cities around the country hemorrhaging police. I mentioned Seattle. It's also Portland, Oregon, San Francisco. Forget about it. Uh, and now, of course, uh, D.C. has been experiencing a hemorrhaging of police. Uh, uh, we understand there's a retirement of their D.C. Uh, police chief, Robert uh, Conti III. Uh, of course, now he's going to be taking a top-level position at the FBI. Um, I'm not really sure what his exact position was on the defund the police uh, movement. Uh, my understanding is that he was considered to be one of the good guys. What's your take? You know, there's no question he's considered to be one of the good guys. He uh, just got so frustrated with what city council and the mayor are trying to do there. Uh, of course, you know, the most recent move is to bring about a number of different policy regulations and restrictions against our first responders, against our law enforcement officers. A couple of three of them that are worth mentioning is they want to make sure that the public can access online video camera at any point in time 
Uh, and the problem with that is you're not required to post everything that you access. So you can easily edit and grab a couple tidbits and then create an incident that is totally untrue. Second thing they want to do is to make sure that the public has access to all personnel records for the law enforcement officers. Problem with that is there's sensitive nature there. There's the kids' schools locations. There's your your home address. Things that criminal element have no business knowing. And then the third thing that they want to do is they want to restrict how you can apprehend assailants. You can only use particular holes, particular moves. Now the problem with that is anyone who's ever been in a combat experience understands that when it's a life and death situation, if you have to stop and think about, oops, did I do that right? Am I going to get arrested myself? You end up going home in a body bag. It's just very simple. That's just always the way it works. If you have to hesitate, you'll end up dead. Well, and that's so the old, that's the old phrase. That's where the old phrase, I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six comes in. But go ahead, you were going to say. Well, exactly. And that's where it comes to play that what you're seeing now is so many officers, not just in D.C. or New York, but across the country that are leaving. I mean, we have a national crisis that people do not want to put the badge on anymore because even if you're in a good area, you're in a smaller town in the south or something along those lines, there's such a negative connotation on the national media that our young people just say, why? Well, it's not worth it. I'll just pass and go do something else. And so we've got a crisis now. All right, we're going to have to let it go there. Um, as usual, never quite enough time, but great to have you back. Michael Lutz, everybody, CEO and founder of Invest USA. Once again, a national grassroots nonprofit. Uh, these good folks provide police with bulletproof vests when their uh, local communities cannot. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.